Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior, for this Tactical Tuesday, which is practical advice to help you along in your career in the clean energy industry. Not in the industry yet? Well, welcome to this exclusive content. That's right. This is actually Suncast Tribe exclusive content. So why am I sharing it here on the public Suncast feed? And why am I recording from my vacation in the Mexican jungle? Yes, the soft sounds of rainfall and birds in the background. Hopefully you can hear that. Uh, Are me working on your behalf while on vacation. Well, because I want to help you. You see, I get asked a lot about how to get into the solar industry and where are the jobs. And it just so happens that one of my past guests and good buddies from the podcast has actually written a book on this very topic. In fact, we talk about the book in his interview back in the summer of 2020. Get to that in a minute. So naturally, when I started developing curriculum for our mission-minded clean energy career program last fall, I knew that I was going to incorporate Eric Posse's book, Clean Wave, into the conversation to help our clients, people just like you. What you're about to hear is a conversation between Eric and I that is an overview of the clean energy economy, where we draw inspiration, not just from his book, but from both our decades-long careers in building solar companies and helping others do the same. Now, of course, you can hear a ton of great advice from Eric here on Suncast, and I'll link to it in the show notes. We've got three other episodes, 267 from Midwest Solar Expo, 289, his interview from last August, where we go deep into Eric's past uh, and background, and 341, where we highlight his participation on the Where Do I Start in the Industry uh, session at the Career Summit last fall. But today's content specifically is actually part of our exclusive Mastermind Coaching Program. Uh, I wanted to share some of it to see if it resonates with you. But this is an abbreviated version, intentionally so. If you'd like to hear all of the content, you'd actually like to access the full episode, which is actually a video interview, then you could do one of two things. You could join our mission-minded cohort that's going to kick off again in July. And that's where you'll learn how to jumpstart your clean energy career in 90 days. Uh, you can learn more about that at suncast.vip. That's, of course, if you're client trying to currently figure out how to transition into the clean energy industry. The other way is you could join the waitlist for our Suncast Tribe relaunch. That is also coming in July. That's our inner circle of industry all-stars where we share bonus content and have curated a private community where more than 100 people have joined the conversation. We're migrating that community to a new platform to make the conversation and content easier to access and follow. If you'd like to be on that wait list, just text me at 310-634-1780. I'll make sure you get all the details. Go ahead, join the tribe. Eric's a member, and we both want to hang out with you and help you on your journey, whether that is into the industry or up into the role that you deserve. 
for now, get ready for this clean energy industry overview, Solar Warrior, on this Tactical Tuesday with my friend and our tribe mentor, Eric Posse, here on Suncast. When we think about the overview of the clean energy or clean tech or climate tech sector, there are a lot of different, what we might call verticals, that fall under the overall umbrella of what has come to be referred to, uh, at least by my friend Mike Casey, as the clean economy. Nobody I know has put as much thought into how to present this topic as my friend Eric Posse. So you maybe have heard Eric on Suncast podcast. He has been a guest at both our events, our summit, our, our career summit, and uh, a guest on the podcast as he was in the process of publishing the Clean Wave book, which yours truly has a cameo in. I'm not exactly even sure what page. Oh, look at there. I happened to flip right by it. Knowledge transfer, Nico Johnson. So page 148, if you're interested, but you uh, have one of these on the way if you haven't already received it uh, as a member of uh, Mission Minded or one of our other uh, career coaching programs. So I would encourage you. This is now part of your curriculum. Thank you, Eric, for writing it. I uh, appreciate being here. And, um, you know, really, my uh, I, I can maybe give a quick background on who I am. Please do. Yeah, that works. So I'm the chief development officer at Impact Power Solutions. We're a development and construction uh, company focused solely on on solar and, and mainly community solar across the country. I joined IPS right out of college in 2007 and have been on this, this clean energy journey ever since. And last year, I released a book uh, at the end of 2020 titled Clean Wave, and I try to capture all of, all of my knowledge from the last 14 years, and then also a little bit more of my story as well and, and how folks can enter the industry. You know, one of the things that I do here on Suncast is capture folk stories. So I would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to Eric's episode, as well as his career summit session, which is all about just an overview of the industry. He was on a panel with Joe Tassone and, and several others in the industry back in September 2020. So Eric's book is structured very well in the sense of helping someone who's trying to figure out how to get into the industry. And, and as we covered in his episode it's specifically geared towards helping Eric get out of his inbox and so many people asking, hey, how do I get into the industry? Which is apropos because that's exactly what many of you are thinking about doing. So the table of contents kind of outlines what is the climate crisis, the case for green recovery, the rise of renewables, the clean tech ecosystem, clean energy career opportunities, and a ton of other things like life cycle costs, building a foundation, networking, the application process. A lot of this you're going to want to go through uh, as a part of your own sort of figuring out what it is that you're trying to accomplish, whether or not you are meant to be an employee or an entrepreneur, how to market yourself and your ideas. There's just a ton of great value. We're going to go through predominantly chapters three and five, the rise of renewables, uh, well, three, four and five, the clean tech ecosystem and clean energy career opportunities in this conversation. Eric, uh, you have a great quote here from Tom Steyer, many old recognized as a businessman and candidate for presidency last year. Uh, Renewable energy is a clear winner when it comes to boosting the economy and creating jobs. How would you contextualize what under the Biden administration is sure to be a clean energy boom? So we know that the Biden administration is scheduled to take up climate as as a kind of foundational thing in 2021. After passing the recent stimulus bill, now all eyes are going to pivot toward the climate 
and infrastructure. And so we're, we're, we know that this was part of his, you know, four main things that he wanted to tackle in his, in his first term. And this is what uh, he and, and uh, Kamala Harris had, had really been promoting on the campaign trail. And so we're ready to kind of launch into what I would call kind of the, the next phase of renewables and, and the uh, kind of the clean energy decade, as there are significant goals being laid forth by the administration, by science, uh, that we need to address here in the next 15 years. So as we prepare for the impending, uh, what we expect to be the renewable energy boom, you know, it's interesting. There are lots of, I'll say, articles online, lots of organizations pointing to the fact that we're going to have a veritable energy boom with regards to renewable energy, energy efficiency. Uh, there's going to be a lot, especially with Jigger Shaw, uh, a guest in your book and a former uh, and a colleague and, and guest on our show, leading the loan department at the Department of Energy with now Secretary Granum from your neighboring state of Michigan at the helm of the Department of Energy. We expect to see trillions of dollars of investment into this sector. We are going to talk a bit about how we expect to see that money uh, deployed. But I'll point to, in, and we'll link in the module here, to some articles that suggest the, the nature of the clean economy boom. And I'm going to just read some of this off to you. The Clean Jobs America report points to nearly 3.3 million Americans working in clean energy, outnumbering fossil fuels three to one. Nearly 335,000 people work in the solar industry and more than 111,000 work in the wind industry compared to only 211,000 working in coal mining or other fossil fuel extraction. Clean energy employment grew by 3.6% in 2018 and 110,000 net new jobs, which by the way was almost, was a little over 4% of all jobs added nationally in 2018. That number grew to more than 5% in 2019. Of course, 2020 saw a contraction in almost every sector, so we won't won't mention 2020 as a as an indicator, but the E2 report reports the fastest growing jobs across 12 states were renewable energy during 2018. And it's already the fastest growing source of new U.S. electricity generation the past two, maybe three years running. So lots of uh, interesting t- t- statistics and where green job growth is happening. You know, Eric in his book referred to it as the green recovery and many of you have experienced being a part of downsizing in sectors where there isn't pronounced job growth. And you're looking at this clean economy boom and the green recovery, as it's been coined, and uh, trying to find your segment in the market. So Eric has done us all a great favor. And I mentioned chapter four, which I think is uh, fantastic, where Eric actually outlines how the clean tech sector is sort of divided into different components of the ecosystem. So Eric, if you will, let's kind of go through this together. Let's see what you can remember from memory. I'm holding the book in my hand, so I've got an unfair advantage, but let's just name them (laughs) at a high level. What are the sectors that generally comprise the makeup of clean tech or climate tech as it's being called now? So typically when people think about clean energy, they think about solar, they think about wind technology as kind of the the pillars, right, of, 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 this, of this market segment. But there's actually just a wide, wide array of different technologies and, and different segments within this, uh, what, we call, uh, what we call clean tech. We're looking at 
things from like internet of, uh, the internet of things, uh, electrified transportation, batteries, all sorts of different advanced chemistry, all sorts of different things, um, that really kind of hone in on this. And, um, and so we're, we're, we're heading in, into a, a time where there's going to be a lot of investment behind um, both research and development of these new products, as well as just a promotion of existing technologies within the space. As Eric in- indicated, when we broadly think about the various verticals that comprise what we may think of as clean tech or climate tech or renewable energy, generally speaking, the first and foremost thought in many people's minds is solar closely followed or equal with wind, a long held stalwart of renewable. And it really depends on what camp you're in, but hydro power uh, using dams and run of river is considered renewable power. Geothermal, which harvests the heat exchange from the earth. In some cases, folks do in fact include renewables uh, with, uh, include nuclear with renewables. So we'll put that in as kind of a side Uh, A sidebar, nuclear could be considered. And then broadly outside of those four of solar, wind, hydro, and geothermal, which are kind of the the mainstay of generation power, we have the broader basket of clean tech that that are complementary either uh, industry sectors or beneficiaries of renewable energy. So I I might put e-mobility, which Eric mentions in his book, in that category. So clean cars, uh, micro mobility with companies like Lime and uh, e-bikes, and you've got energy efficiency, home smart automation. Eric also mentioned batteries. So energy storage is probably the fastest growing segment of what we generally refer to as clean tech and climate tech, because it is the ultimate complement to how we are going to rid ourselves of the need for fossil fuel based firm power, that underlying power that provides the 24 seven power day or night, mostly night at this point and peak load power that we need as we scale batteries and battery technology, we will be able to couple those batteries and that other and other energy storage like molten salt, even pumped hydro is a form of storage candidly to be able to harness renewable energy and deploy it at the time of our choosing. Another segment that doesn't get a lot of, uh, of attention right now, but there are two different forms of ocean energy. One, ocean thermal, which they're experimenting with uh, quite a lot out in Hawaii. And another is tidal energy, the movement of tide, the very inertia of the ocean providing renewable energy. There are a plethora of of ways to count to sort of capture the overarching of what is renewable energy. And your job is to try and figure out through research on your own and through help from us where you are, frankly, most interested. I'd be uh, remiss if I didn't add as a final category, carbon removal and sequestration. So they are sometimes thought of, especially carbon removal, Uh, or decarbonization as sort of dirty words. It's being certainly carbon removal has been co-opted in certain circles to be sort of the cleaning up of the fossil fuel industry. Be that as it may, there are a lot of opportunities around carbon removal that we cannot deny or ignore, uh, not the least of which are 
products through carbon sequestration that are like Aether that are creating products like diamonds and like our friends up in Canada that are creating products like soap from sequestering carbon. So all of these fall into the category of climate technology and even contributing to the clean energy economy and the renewables boom. And carbon sequestration, if you listened to our episode with Heidi Lim, another fast growing sector where the ability to pull carbon out of the environment and utilize it to create new products is really gaining gaining steam. Uh, there are groups like air miners uh, exclusively focused on this area of uh, addressing the climate crisis and, and uh, reducing overall CO2 in the environment, which at the end of the day, if we think about renewable energy as having a purpose, the purpose is addressing the climate crisis and the climate crisis is addressing the overall quantity of greenhouse gases, CO2, NO2, uh, SOX, NOx, in the environment that we overall that we have to reduce all the things that were mentioned, the book Project Drawdown and many others, including Eric's book on the clean economy. Hey, I've got a quick question for you. Did you ever think, man, I wish I could just text Nico. I have a question for him. Hey, Nico, where is your favorite Thai restaurant in Durham? Hey, Nico, what are the flight prices to Mexico City right now? Hey, Nico, where are you going to be staying in New Orleans this year for North America Smart Energy Week? If any of those questions have occurred to you or some other thing that you'd like to chat with me about, why don't you text me at 310-634-1780. I'm running a little test to see if I can actually get you as a listener to respond. So there you go. That's my number. 310-634-1780. Shoot me a text message. I'd like to know if you're going to North America Smart Energy Week 2021 in New Orleans. I'm going to be there. So why don't you take this opportunity to text 310-634-1780 and let me know. Nico, I'm going. Or Nico, you're crazy. Why in the heck would I be in New Orleans? We're still in a pandemic. Either way, I love you and I hope to see you there. And I hope that you'll text me. That number, again, is right there in your podcast player description if you click on it. Hey, you're listening to Suncast, so I know that you are a thinker who likes to seek out the opinions of others to help inform and guide your own path. And as such, you probably like to debate or at least like to watch interesting debates. Did you miss out May 26th when we had our first session of the Great Debate Series 2021, The Road to New Orleans, that we're co-hosting with Solar Power Events and my friend Tor Solar Fred Valenza. If so, fear not. Just go to mysuncast.com forward slash debate. There you can watch a riveting debate that we had on the different types of solar financing and which is best for consumer and installer. PPA, PACE, loans, you be the judge. Also, Join us for the next installments. We'll have one in June, another in July, August, and live in September. I hope that you'll join us. I hope that you will go to mysuncast.com forward slash debate and learn more about the upcoming debates. If you'd like to partner with us on producing the Great Debate Series, please feel free to reach out. You've probably just heard the other information about how you could text me or you could email me nico at mysuncast.com well when we think about how the various segments of clean energy and the clean economy uh, are divided into what ultimately you are looking for which is a job or a role it's important to acknowledge that 
many of the roles have parallels and I would say direct correlation to whatever it is that one might be involved in outside of the clean economy. We still have finance, sales and marketing, accounting, federal policy or, uh, or corporate policy, human resources, operations. Eric, have you seen any major differences or how might you characterize any major differences in roles and responsibilities of someone transitioning into the clean energy economy that that differ from maybe oil and gas or other sectors that aren't directly one-to-one related? There are so many parallels, Nico, as as you know, from one industry to the next, really, uh, and especially in, in clean energy. The, the industries that we're talking about are so nascent, they're so new, that they're aren't a lot of people that have a ton of experience. And I think what we look for, so at IPS, just to give you an example, when we're when we're hiring, we, we may look to, to somebody that has experience in a specific skill set like uh, or, or vertical, as you mentioned, whether it's uh, finance or accounting, sales, et cetera. But really what kind of sets people apart in that process is the passion and passion behind solving issues and, and, and the technology itself. You know, one good example of this is one of my best friends now. Um, he's a lawyer. Don't hold it against him, although I do sometimes. Uh, he's uh, our director of land and, and legal at IPS, and he came from the oil and gas industry and uh, where he was, you know, finding uh, routes for pipelines. And now he's finding um, parcels for solar uh, and he's permitting those in much the same way that he would do it were a, an oil pipeline. And uh, except now he's working for the, for the light side uh, instead of the dark side. So there, there are tons of examples like that. And, um, and really, uh, it, you know, what, what, uh, what sets folks apart mostly is it, not, it's not just the, the, the direct, you know, one-to-one experience and knowledge of a specific skill, but really the ability and, and really um, hunger to, uh, to learn more uh, about something that you might not know uh, about. I really appreciate that insight into the, the sort of the one-to-one parallel and even mentioning and mentioning that as a project developer, his professional development is actually legal. Uh, I find as well, and we'll talk about this in a minute, uh, the, the corollary roles um, and transferable skills are, are very translatable. And a lot of folks look at, and this is maybe the, the, the overarching theme of this segment, is that this is more than a technology play. A lot of folks think, oh, well, I've got to be really technologically savvy. I've got to understand how solar panels work or how, uh, how lithium-ion batteries work in order for me to find work, the clean energy economy. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And the main reason is because if you have a role or a career that is in finance, the spreadsheets are very similar. And the way we raise money is, uh, is very similar. If you have experience in energy trading, you're years ahead of most people in the energy in the solar energy business or the wind energy business. Uh, if you have experience in mining, uh, in mining of all categories, coal, precious minerals, but in particular, if you have experience with drilling upstream in oil and gas, uh, finding and assessing and tapping oil reserves, that is directly one-to-one applicable to geothermal, right? I mean, directly yep. applicable skills. I know some of you are geoscientists, geophysicists, 
that is where I would encourage you to do the bulk of your research. How can the geothermal industry, how can the carbon sequestration or removal industry, or even air capture storage where they're storing, uh, they're literally storing air under the ground for, for uh, with compressed air and removing it as a storage capacity product. If you didn't know that existed, let's get, yeah, let's get some research in on how your skills as a geologist, as a geophysicist can help that industry. The purpose here is to open your eyes to there is more than just the technological what is a PN junction. It's not the purpose of this course. If you want to learn what a PN junction is, there are many other courses on how to do how to understand solar. And I can direct you to resources on how to specifically understand the solar technology. This is more geared towards how do you find a career that you're passionate about and how do you lean in there. I also appreciate that you, uh, Eric, pointed to what you look for as a COO, as a hiring manager, and that is passion. I wanted to ask a question for you that I've asked a couple of folks on the podcast. Do we get beyond the perception that in order to fill this role, and this shows up in every job description, you need to have, let's say, five years of experience in solar engineering? How do we get beyond that, uh, that requirement? Can we, is it truly a requirement or is it simply that as an industry, we don't have the patience to train people to get the job that they are already otherwise qualified to inhabit? So a very highly specialized role like engineering solar panels, it probably will require some specific training and some specific background. But I will say that for a lot of folks that we hire and and that have come into to our company, it's really just about um, do you have the fundamentals of what's going to be necessary for you to be successful in the role? Anybody can learn you know, about a certain thing or about a certain you know, process or technology. And that's kind of in that space. We are in the business of widgets, much like, you know, every other, uh, every other industry. And so I think about some of the folks that we've hired recently on our sales team don't necessarily have any experience selling solar, but they have experience. Uh, you know, one was a, a golf professional, believe it or not, but we just believed in his ability. We hired a woman last year that came from the architecture space uh, as a business development person. And she's um, kind of moving in in, in in kind of taking some of that background in knowing buildings and knowing uh, energy, you know, from that space and bringing it here. Uh, similarly, on the marketing side, um, we, we hired an individual last year who came from uh, just an ad agency. And so it, it, it's just, it, you've, if you've got the kind of core fundamentals you can bring that into a space and just learn uh, over time. And, and so, it, it, like I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, it's a new industry, such, a, such an nascent industry, that it's very difficult for us as employers to find that unicorn job candidate that has everything that we're looking for. And so, I'd much rather find somebody, if that's not a possibility, that we can just teach uh, how, how, to, how to do these things. Um, and so, I think you'd find that pretty consistently across the spectrum in, in clean energy. You mentioned fundamentals. What do you consider to be the fundamentals? Uh, fundamentals would be, um, you know, a strong understanding of core ideas. Um, you know, if you're in, if you're in accounting, you need to know, you know, gap uh, or cruel, you, you need to know all, all the, the traditional things. Those are, those are, that's a core fundamentals. The kind of things that you'd learn in a, in a professional training environment to become a professional in that field, regardless of the 
specification of the field you're going to go into, the specialty being clean energy or consumer product good, package goods? Yeah. So just like, you know, if you're looking at a job description, the fundamentals would be kind of that those top line items um, usually, which, you know, be four years of, of, of education or two years of, of education um, and, and just uh, a, a knowledge of whatever specific role um, that you're kind of moving into uh, just from that kind of core level. Yeah. How long do you find that it usually takes, and we'll look at solar because that's where your expertise lies, but perhaps you've talked with others in other industries to get a sense as well. How long generally for a solar developer or a solar sales and marketing person, not necessarily an engineering focused person yet, uh, how long does it take them to kind of come up to speed? It varies, but I would say like three to six months. And mm-hmm. um, Very you consistent know, that's, response. That's, <laughs> yeah, three to six months. It varies from from person to person, but I feel like that gives you enough like and we're losing a little bit of that right now, um, you know, not being in this office environment when right. we're working. There's a not a lot remotely. of knowledge transfer. Exactly. You're not getting that kind of day to day, you know, hearing different things and being able to ask questions extemporaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you're, we're losing a little bit of that, but I, I, I feel like it's going to come back when we're when we're doing either hybrid in person or, or other, uh, you know, in person uh, types of work work environments. So, so, Eric, for the field applications engineer who has been has spent most of their time in uh, an outside industry, but they have core fundamental mechanical or uh, industrial or electrical engineering training, uh, and they've just been deploying that skill set in oil and gas, do you believe that there is a minimum viable amount of time they're going to need to spend retraining uh, to be able to apply their skills? Or do they probably have skills that, you know, day one, they're going to be able to apply? uh, And how long do you think, or have you seen maybe that ramp up generally is for someone in that technical role? Yeah, so I think it does help, right, to show some initiative, especially on your resume, like, hey, I went out and I did an ABSEP training and I'm, I'm a PV certified, you know, entry level or basic level. Uh, I've got that certification. Um, if you're going into or want to go into a specific field, just finding, you know, what are some of the elementary um educational opportunities that are available to me. And it doesn't need to be like, you know, two years, you know, two year degree or one year degree. It really could just be as much as like a 10 hour course um, or something that you can just plug in and be able to talk about, you know, on your, your path. And so like that shows initiative, it shows drive, it shows commitment and those types of things, it does help. When you do those things, uh, you're also kind of probably meeting people in your cohort or talking with uh, educators um, and, and and teachers there that can that can help you. Um, and so that's that's what I would say to to that role. Like if you if you're very specific on the ground in on some uh, apple applied you know engineering or something specific to kind of step out from that take. Take a take a minute and get some more general knowledge about uh, you know whatever industry that you're you're passionate about or you're interested in, and then you'll be able to talk about that with potential employers. Now, one of the things that I hear from candidates looking for jobs is that they just don't know where to look. They get stuck in the grind of Indeed.com and Monster.com and the various job boards. And while we do, as a part of our coaching, teach how to network with folks like Eric and how to engage in the side door networking method and find executive sponsors who can help you find roles in the industry. 
it still is important to be aware what are the job opportunities and where can you look for them. Eric, uh, I'd like to just bounce between the two of us some resources that we have found to help folks find jobs. Where do you often send folks when they're trying to figure this out in the beginning? Usually when I'm, I'm talking with folks, it's, it's almost specific more to, to solar and energy generation. Um, and so I often, I often refer them to um, kind of our national industry groups or, or local uh, industry groups that have uh, job boards. I also, uh, in the book, I reference in chapter three, a conversation that I had with Evan Hines, who is one of the founders of Climate Base. There, they've got a very extensive list of of uh, job opportunities, and that's really all they do specifically is help folks find careers or at least help companies post post jobs. So uh, that would be one of them outside of kind of our industry groups. Yeah, I think I'll um, potentially bring Evan in to chat with the group as well because Climate Base is a tremendous resource, and they've actually just announced a fellowship program. Uh, so I'd encourage you to go spend some time at climatebase.org. We'll link to that. And I'm going to give a few others. Eric, you mentioned that one of our mentors, uh, Catherine McLean of Dylan Green, uh, one of the great uh, DNI uh, recruiters focused on DNI in our industry, uh, posted something recently about a new program with uh, the Hawaii-based uh, Elementor, uh, Elemental. Can you share a little more about that? Yeah, Elemental Accelerator. Um, and they received a grant uh, from the Wells Fargo Innovation Incubator. And that's going to go towards $4 million in equity innovation uh, initiatives to support Black, Indigenous, and people of color BIPOC-led startups, which I think is awesome, long in the, in the, in the making, uh, I feel like. And, and so huge congratulations to, uh, to Elemental and, and all of the, uh, the folks that are applying for that cohort uh, coming up here this year. Another uh, where we have connection and communication regularly and, and a mentor in our group uh, is within the Clean Energy Leadership Institute. Uh, I've interviewed Adam Adam James, who was one of the co-founders of CELI. CELI has been instrumental. In fact, in our last cohort, we had a CELI graduate and cleanenergyleaders.org. Their 2021 fellowship, in fact, is going to close, uh, actually just closed on, in, in March. <clears throat> but that's something for folks to keep on their radar because CELI has produced just a treasure trove of extremely high quality candidates that come out of that fellowship and they get funneled into uh, incredible roles in organizations who look to CELI to help them find uh, well-trained individuals. And CELI is a, is a longer program. I think it's uh, on the order of six months. I'm not exactly sure, but I'll look into it a little more and we'll link to that fellowship program as well. So you can check that out. A couple of other areas where I have found some level of career postings around clean energy is environmentalcareer.com, energy.gov. There is a clean energy jobs and planning board there we'll link to. Uh, you can find jobs, internships, find training and explore careers. They have career maps, which we'll also link to for you. A uh, career map in solar, in wind, in bioenergy are the three uh, particularly that I've seen on that website. And then uh, there is, of course, the Solar Energy Industries Association has a industry job job board. Uh, so we'll link to that job board for you. We've got uh, cleantechrising.com. Cleantech Rising uh, shows cleantech companies that are hiring, uh, and they try to keep that updated. But it is more broad, so Beyond Meat as a 
as an example, as a climate tech company that is addressing uh, climate by reducing uh, the population consumption of, uh, of meat. And then we've got, uh, I'll link to an article that I found on The Balance, which I find very uh, useful, thebalancecareers.com uh, uh, links to green job boards that you can be utilizing. So those are some examples. And the last one I think is uh, that I'll point to is American Clean Power links to Clean Energy for Biden's uh, list of featured clean energy jobs. Uh, and there's a ton on there from Apex Clean Energy to the American Clean Power Association, Orion Renewables, Illinois Power Agency, TerraGen. The, they have a, a long list and there are other resources that you can also tap into like the Slack group that is hosted by New Energy Nexus or the Slack group that's hosted by Clean Energy for Biden. So there's a plethora of resources if you are looking for places to find job opportunities outside of these explicit coaching that we'll be going through here. And, and that is exactly why you're here. It is to roll your sleeves up and do the work, do the hard work and the diligence of finding the particular role and, uh, and category that fits the vision that you have for your personal goal and passion. Eric, thank you so much for helping us outline Absolutely. this industry overview and helping our team members here learn more about how to figure out where they fit in the overarching bucket of clean energy. Absolutely. Enjoy the book, everybody. And yeah, thanks and good luck. All right. Well, I hope that that at least helped give you some additional insight. And if, it, as I said, it wet your appetite, then you could check out the Mission Minded program over at suncast.vip or you could jump on the wait list for the suncast tribe relaunch the number to text me at is 310-634-1780 make sure that you follow the instructions there so that i will have your email address and we will surely add you to the waiting list and let you know by text and email when the tribe relaunch is going to happen that's also just mainly how you can get in touch with me. You could email me at nico at mysuncast.com or you could text me 310-634-1780. Hope that we can be in more conversations. Hope we'll see you around here on Thursday as well because we've got a great story about the largest solar floating project. That's right, Flotovoltaics as it's called uh, in Texas with my friends Mark Rangel and Craig Lavalvo. And it is a real testament to how to do business development right and how to land a successful customer with a unique product offering a great financing package if you dig all this kind of stuff well we talk about all kinds of projects just like that here on suncast go check out the catalog more than 350 episodes over at mysuncast.com in the meantime i hope that you are having a stellar week i'm hanging out here with my family uh, getting some R&R &R in Mexico. I hope that I'll check in with you and you'll check in with me pretty soon. You are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs>